Hey everyone, I'm Mary. And I'm Polly. And we're the We Scream Reviews team. Please like and subscribe for up-to-date information on all of our podcasts. And thanks for listening. Take it easy, everyone. Hey everyone, party people. We are back for episode four of We Scream Reviews. I'm Mary. I'm Polly. And let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Welcome to the danger zone. <laughs> well, first first things first, babe. We want to um, give our deepest condolences to an actor far beyond what he maybe thought he could become in Hollywood, Ray Liotta. Rest in peace, a.k.a. Henry Hill. Polly's favorite movie of all time is Goodfellas. It's Goodfellas, which is a common favorite film for most people, I would say. At least most... Um, most testosterone-filled, fueled men. Most um, <laughs> millennial males will resort to Goodfellas, Scarface, or Godfather as their favorite films. It's crazy. And it's crazy how many people in Goodfellas were in The Sopranos. Yeah, it's, it's the Bible, essentially, <laughs> of mafia films, and we could do... Three, four podcasts on Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese, and we don't and have time for that. Genre. We don't have time for that right now. <laughs> but we want to say rest in peace. Yeah. And um, we actually just saw Goodfellas, Goodf- literally five minutes ago. <laughs> Correct. We came home from Top Gun Maverick, which we're going to review right now, <laughs> and we saw Goodfellas as well. We want to give everybody a heads up that this is not only a Tom Cruise podcast, but a spoiler-free uh, review of Maverick. Correct. And we will warn you before we get into spoilers. If you want to stop the podcast right as we get into spoilers, if you plan on seeing it, go right ahead and do that. Right. So as we said earlier, it's kind of a double header. We're here to review Top Gun Maverick. But at the same time, we're here to do a career reflection slash appreciation of Tom Cruise. And it's fitting that Top Gun was his first hit. And now Top Gun Maverick is his latest hit. So right. it kind of brings his career full circle. He is maybe at a point where he's now in his fifth decade in the entertainment industry. It's insane. So it's time to call time out. Appreciate <laughs> the man for everything he's done. Really cements his place all time. Our podcast is an entertainment appreciation slash perspective on all things cinema, TV, music eventually, things like that. Right. And, you know, last week we touched on this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing. And then you get into something like this movie that we went to go see. And we talk about Tom Cruise. And the first thing that pops into people's heads when you bring up Tom Cruise is not his plethora of insanely entertaining movies that we're going to get into it is that he is a wackadoo Looney Tune. <laughs> well, it, so. in, in that regard, him and Johnny Depp have been put in the spotlight by the paparazzi mm-hmm. for everything that's unrelated to films and their career. And people have lost track of how good these guys are actors and how many classics they put out and how long they've been around. Right. Like, you know, Johnny Depp's also been around four or five decades at this point. And I feel like there's this tone in the air when you're like, oh, I'm going to go see a Tom Cruise movie because of 
the Bonkersville. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, which which we'll get to. So let's um let's start with Tom Cruise. Um he's a rising star of the nineteen eighties and at first he's doing small, relatively no big deal films like Risky Business, Cocktail, Taps, The Outsiders. And he gets known and he kind of is dis- different from your average 80s star. So you think of the 80s and you think of, you know, Molly Ringwald, uh, Matthew Broderick. You think of, like, the Brat Pack. And Tom Cruise was always kind of different. Right. You know, he was edgy. He was edgy. He was good looking, like all the other Brat Pack. Super. He was also young, like all all those people. But there was something different about him. So eventually he stars in Top Gun. Right. The original. Mm -hmm. This is what launches him into superstardom, essentially. From there, he transitions into the 1990s, and in the 1990s, he decides that he wants to challenge himself as an actor. So he does a little bit more dramatic films. Right. He does The Firm, mm-hmm. A Few Good Men. Right. Um, Great movie. Interview with the Vampire. Oh, Jerry I love Maguire, yeah. Magnolia. And this is where he shows his chops as an actor. Right. He starts to work with renowned directors, and he actually lands three Oscar nominations for Magnolia, Jerry Maguire, and Born on the Fourth of July, which he's working with Oliver Stone, Cameron Crowe, and Paul Thomas Anderson. So these are big names. But somewhere in the 1990s, where he's challenging himself as a dramatic actor, a really important movie that at the time didn't seem like a big deal happens. And that movie's Mission Impossible. So Mission Impossible is the first time you see, although Top Gun had action. (laughs) He shows audiences that he can helm an action film with Mission Impossible. Then he transitions into the 2000s. And this is where he kind of blends drama and action. So in the 90s, he challenges himself with drama. He shows that he can also do action, and now he's kind of blending both of them in the 2000s. So he does War of the Worlds. Oh, God, War of the Worlds. (laughs) Hold on a second. So my family has this tradition that has evolved over the years where we watch... Movies during the holidays. Movies during the holidays. And on Thanksgiving, we watch Christmas Vacation. Now, we've watched Christmas Vacation leading up to this day. It's It's my favorite movie of all time, if we're talking about favorite movies of all time. And one year on Thanksgiving, my mom just goes, you know, we just watch Christmas Vacation all the time. Let's watch War of the Worlds. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and we all right, were you like. Co- you cook the turkey and cl- wash all the we, dishes. Let's maybe do something you want for five minutes. Right, right, right. So we're like, we're, we go along with it and we're all sitting around after this movie on like this beautiful Thanksgiving. Just been, we've been war, war of the world whiplashed. We're like, what? It, the it, actual it, fuck did we just watch? It's, it's, it's not everyone's favorite. It's and, not Chevy Chase. And it has a, a divisive ending. However, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And so was Minor Report, another movie he starred in in the 2000s. So it's interesting when we bring up Tom Cruise in the 2000s because that's when the Oprah Winfrey couch episode happened. So He's jumping on the couch in the middle of the Oprah, and that's when people started going, huh, there's a little screw loose here. Right, so up, up until this point, um, after the 80s, 90s, and now we're in about mid-2000s, Tom Cruise was 
pretty much flawless, impeccable. He hadn't been arrested. He hadn't, didn't have a drinking problem. Was a golden boy, essentially. And then three different things happened that garner the first negative publicity surrounding Tom Cruise. One is Scientology. Obviously, the paparazzi and fans um, feel some type of way about that. Subsequently, he begins to date and I think marries Katie Holmes. And this leads us to the infamous Oprah Winfrey show where he jumps on the couch in full ecstasy. Imagine, at this point, the man has been in the game 25 years, countless hits, and he jumps on Oprah's couch in exhilaration. But Oprah looks shooketh. Correct. She's like, hold on a hot damn minute. (laughs) What is going on here? And this is kind of right before social media explodes, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a viral moment. That it's you- in the midst of like the Britney drama and kind of the cameras and the paparazzi being a hot thing. Right. And- so now Tom Cruise has that divisive perception to right. him that some people like him, some people like his movies, but they don't like his beliefs. Some people like his beliefs and not his movies. So it's the first time where you had to almost pick a side with Tom Cruise in a genius and move he kind of senses blood in the water mm-hmm. and he says you know what i think everyone's kind of making fun of me right i think everyone's making light of my decisions so he appears in two very funny very random cameos starting with austin powers gold member right probably the most forgettable of the three or four or whatever austin powers there were where he actually dresses up like austin powers and shows up for a cameo at the beginning of the movie right so it's the first time you see tom cruise kind of make fun of himself or be willing to not take himself so seriously like he had. Right. A couple years later, he oh, does. Oh, here's the whammy. And here's un- the home run. An unforgettable, unforgettable cameo in Tropic Thunder oh my God. as a movie producer extraordinaire, S. Grossman. If he had only done Les Grossman, not done any of the Mission Impossibles, not done any of the other movies, forget about the Oscar nominations. If he had just done Les Grossman, I'd be okay. Right. And, and, <laughs> like, and Les Grossman. That was gold. Is, that was cinematic it's in gold. A, it's in a movie riddled, riddled. with hilarious performances. Oh my you God, got Ben Stiller playing, you know, an action star farce. A super turd. Robert Downey Jr. playing oh a, God. a black man. I know. In black face. crazy. Like, That's I don't even crazy. know if he can get away with no, that movie. And nobody would try. Nobody would try. He was nominated for that. He was actually nominated, but he lost to Heath Ledger, Dark Knight, which yeah, no, n- no one's going to argue that. Who's the other guy, the funny guy that was in that? The Jack Black. Jack Black, who's a crazy cokehead. Right. Man, there's so, uh, Bill Hader's in that. He's Danny like McBride. the assistant turd. There's Matthew McConaughey, who's the manager. He's like, hey, baby, hey. Yeah. And he's got all the posters. That movie's incredible. That movie is incredible, which is Ben Stiller's first uh, feature film. Then lately, he did Severance Ooh. on Apple TV, which for we'll our talk money about that. Yeah. might be the best show we've seen in a couple years. Go watch Severance. So now we transition into the 2010s. Pretty much cements himself as only an action star. So he does Oblivion, The Mummy, Night and Day. The Mummy was awful. Mummy was awful. Oh, my God. Yeah, action, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then he does three Mission Impossibles in this time frame. Currently speaking, most people will tell you Tom Cruise is an action star. Right. Right? Because that's what's fresh in their memory. And this leads us to Top Gun Maverick. 
when you say all the things that a celebrity has done, like Tom Cruise, good and bad, Johnny Depp, good and bad, it puts into perspective these tiny little moments where they do something shitty in the media and you're like, how do we discredit everything they did for these moments? And Tom Cruise is a living, breathing example of that level of confusion for people. We had heard leading up to this movie, texting me like, no, you you, you guys got to go see this. It, it's the best movie of uh, the action movie of the 21st century. And I'm like, it's, it's Tom Cruise. It's Top Gun. It's going right. to be okay. So, but, right. At, at this point, when they announced this movie a couple years back, you're like, well, at this point, we've taken Tom Cruise for granted. We're like, we know he performs his own stunts. We know his movies make money. Mm-hmm. We know he's okay with his legacy. He's not really challenging himself. So Top Gun Maverick gets announced, and you're like, well, it'll just be another good action movie. And it'll just be another like reintroduction of a movie they did 25 years ago, like right. Point Break or Matrix or something like that. There is a trend right now mm-hmm. going on, a nostalgic like card to play in the industry. Right. So they're taking movies that haven't had a sequel in 20, 30 years. So let's start with like Blade Runner 2049. Oh, whoa. Incredible fucking movie. Yeah. But the original is 1982. The, re- the remake, the sequel, the reboot. It's hard to really even say what it is. And I mean this like with all due respect, you guys. I mean this like from the bottom of my heart. If you don't like Blade Runner 2049, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up. That movie is, is, is excellent. If you tell me that you found anything wrong with Blade Runner 2049, we're not friends. We're not <laughs> talking. Don't look at me. Don't address me. Then Just, we, I mean, with all due respect. Right. Avatar, which was actually a trailer before Top Gun it Maverick. Was. So if you want to see that trailer... Just go online. You don't have to go to the movie theater. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, you don't have to get a movie ticket to go see I'm a trailer. I'm getting old because I'm telling people to go to a movie <laughs> to watch a trailer of a movie that you can watch right now on your iPhone. But it's 14 years after the original came out, which came out in 2008. I can't believe that was 14 years ago. Okay. So there's that going on. So when you hear Top Gun Maverick's going to come out, you're like, damn, am I going to put this in the same column as Bad Boys for Life, right. Independence Day, Resurgence? Movies that aren't really great, that aren't as good as the original, right. and you ask, did this really need to be made? Do these people, did, did, couldn't they come up with something original? And you say to yourself, like, I didn't want to go to the movies for this. Like, do I just wait until it's streaming? Or you had mentioned earlier that Tom Cruise specifically did not want to do that. Right. So this movie was completed in 2019. Pre-COVID, the year before COVID, and it's set to be released, I believe, in 2019 originally. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. It wasn't COVID, obviously, because COVID's 2020. The availability of all these movies streaming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like The Matrix, Resurrection. HBO Max, I believe, had a deal with studios, or I think Warner Brothers specifically. And that, I think, is what really convinced people. Movie theaters are dead. Right, so for, like, for but, a but, second there, we're like, wow. Yeah. You know, are we ever going to go back to movie theater? Why would I ever go back to the movie theater? Yeah, which is sad. And Tom Cruise comes out and he says, you know what? This film, I believe in it. It's good. I worked very hard to do it. And I am not going to just release it on some streaming shit in the middle of COVID. 
I'm right. willing to wait because I think once it comes out, people will respond to it and it'll be successful. Another thing is that historically, movies that are delayed end up being bad. So Top Gun Maverick at this point doesn't have much going for it. It's a sequel from a movie that's a long, long time ago. It's been pushed back for three years at this point. It's with a guy who's a little bit older, who's doing his own stunts. Who's doing another action movie. So it's not with everyone from the original movie, so you're kind of, you have no buy-in. You're like, I've got very little buy-in, and then the reviews start to pour Correct. In. So here we are, 2022, the reviews start to pour in, and they're saying it's not just good, it's great. Some people are making extravagant claims, like this is the best Tom Cruise movie in 20, 30 years. People are saying it's the best action movie they've seen in 10 years. It's actually premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. It's good enough to be in a schmoozy, bougie European film festival. You're like, okay, something's behind this, this film. So I think it's important for people to know, because our podcasters really liked it when we did this with horror movies, so what is an action movie? An action movie is, and this is from the Google. The Google. The, the Google. The end-all, end be-all. The, the Google. Um, it is a genre in which the protagonist is thrust into a series of events that typically involve violence and physical threats, mm -hmm. which this is not short of. No, not at all. <laughs> this is like you are thrust into a totally immersive experience with Navy fighter pilots. Like you are in the cockpit experiencing at all angles. Full throttle. Full throttle, full G-forces, like what these men and women do. Right. And it is freaking incredible. Right. So <laughs> Tom Cruise's career has come full circle. Literally, his first big... Circles are cool. We like circles here. <laughs> Yay for circles. His, his first hit is Top Gun, and his latest hit is Top Gun Maverick. So, so the basic plot is Tom Cruise, uh, essentially the best fighter pilot in the world. He's kind of a little nonsense. He kind of, you know, doesn't get promoted, and you, you're like, right. well, you're the best, so why haven't you? Because kind of he's like an outsider, but the best. Correct. He's, he's chosen to work in the sky and still be active mm -hmm. a lot of the people from the original film in this new film they show you that they've gone on to become admirals and generals and right. a little bit more behind the scenes and tom cruise has chosen to still be a fighter pilot and he gets recruited to go back to top gun in the school <laughs> to the danger zone. so he he gets recruited to go back there to train the best of the best, like he once was, and he is now the lead instructor. Right. This is not what he wants to do, per se. Because of Miles Teller's character. This movie is brilliant, by the way, and they tie in the first film. You don't have to see the first film no, you to don't. get this one. You don't. But if you have seen the original... It means more. One of the students mm -hmm. in, in Top Gun is Miles Teller, which we love. No, we love Miles Teller. I love Miles Teller. Miles Teller Stan over here. He was first a total jack turd in the Divergent series. He got right. his hit. He got his start kind of doing these YA movies, and you're like, 
that he's just going to keep doing stuff like this. And then he does Whiplash, whiplash with J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, hold on a damn minute. He's capable of a little bit more. Correct. And you you kind of see him evolve. And now he's in this super crazy action film, Maverick. Right. And the way that they tie him in is, I mean, I'm not going to say spoiler alert for a movie that's three decades old. You got four decades old. Right. He, his co-pilot. His co-pilot Goose dies. And Meg Ryan is the wife. And they have a toddler, like a little, little guy. And that's how they introduce Miles Teller into this. Correct. So, so it's kind of, you see that there's like a... A little animosity. And, and that kind of launches you into this backstory that like, because it's so well acted, this movie, you don't need to see the first one, like we said, because you get it. You get it when he's seeing the pictures of Rooster, which is Miles Teller's character. Like, you know he's the son, and you're like, oh, there's... Some bad blood. So there's animosity, obviously, because Goose died with Tom Cruise in the same plane. It was an accident. It was an accident. But what makes Tom Cruise um, a great pilot is the same thing that could cause inadvertently disaster the way it did in the original Top Gun. So you have that. And you have these new actors. You have a bunch of new young actors. Cast, this 30, young 30-something, maybe late 20s that are all supposed to be like badasses. Right. So a chick. It, you have a chick who's super cool. Phoenix. It's a cool, good-looking cast of young-ish right. actors. And they are giving an assignment that on paper sounds virtually impossible. Mission Impossible. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Still another Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that you guys are aware, at this point, we've given you the summary of the movie. For those of you who don't want spoilers, stop listening now and just come back and listen later because we're going to be getting into our thoughts on like the nitty-gritty details of the movie and we do not want to spoil it for you. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler right. alert. So, Tom Cruise decides to take on the job. Correct. And at this point, the movie starts off would seemingly be cheesy elements. So you're like, okay, well, the guy who killed the son's dad is there for revenge. So you're like, okay, I've seen this before, right? right? Where Miles Teller's angry that Tom Cruise killed his dad, quote-unquote, and he's there and there's that, right? Right. Then there's You find out Meg Ryan, his mom has died. Right. You find out all this stuff, and it, it, although it seems like it would be cheesy, like Polly said... It just isn't. It just isn't. and It's it's, like the simplest form of storytelling. They didn't overdo anything. So you're invested and you want to keep watching for this story even. Right. They they also recreate a lot of the same scenes you saw from the first one. So it starts off with, you know, a shot of an aircraft carrier. And Navy jets flying off of it, just like the original. Mm-hmm. With the original song. There's, instead of a volleyball game in the beach with everyone oily and, and ripped, like there was in 1986, <laughs> now there's a football game being played where guys are oily and ripped. So you're like, man, it's literally going down the checklist of like everything that you have to do, mm-hmm. that you have to revisit. Right. Okay, so it revisits the same songs. The, the motor, same scenes, The motorcycle The motorcycle, scenes, you know, racing. With the girl on the back of the motor. Which, by the way, Jennifer Connelly looks fantastic. 
fantastic. Right. I haven't seen her in years, Holy but she looks like she didn't age a second. Guacamole. She looks really great in this. Sweet. And everybody's super sweaty. And I remember when we watched Top Gun, the original one, I was like, babe, everybody's super sweaty. <laughs> like, why is everyone so... They're just sitting there. He's like, well, babe, they're in a submarine. Of course they're going to be sweaty. And I'm like, it's hot in submarines. <laughs> like, I'm trying to put two and two together. They're literally, before they start filming the scene, they spray them down with, like, petroleum jelly <laughs> and just water and get them really, really drenched. So... That's about 20 minutes into the movie. And even though you might feel like it could get cheesy, at no point it starts to feel like that. No. You're, you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm feeling the emotion of this movie coming full circle with the movie I saw a long, long time ago. I don't know if it's just a good movie, but you're starting to feel better and better as this movie keeps going on about it. Polly is a very respectful watcher of cinema. I'm a little bit kind of... A jerk sometimes if I see something that I'm like what the fuck is that like right. I'll I will look at a person in the movie theater and be like there's another hour of this shit like I will be that person right not one time did I scoff did I look at my phone did I look at Polly and be like this is dumb. In fact, the exact opposite. I cried three times. In the, right. Like, literally, Chris and Yvette are like, here's our napkins from our popcorn. Do you want them? And I'm like, sure. Okay, yeah, I'll take them. <laughs> so, like the original, uh, most of the film is at the actual school mm -hmm. where they're being trained. And we saw this movie in IMAX, and it, it is an action film. So let's talk about the action here for a second. It's crazy. The action is top-notch. Oh, my we God. We saw it in it's IMAX. the best I've seen in a really the, long time. The sound is incredible. And it's real. Top, it's real action. It's real. It's very little CGI. Yeah. So it's kind of like a Mad Max Fury Road mm -hmm. where it looks so good because they were practical effects. Mm-hmm. Okay. In fact, Tom Cruise said that he wouldn't make this movie if it was a CGI orgasm on screen. Right. He said, I refuse to do that. I want to work in conjunction with the Department of Defense. I want actual fighter pilots flying these things. I want the actual planes. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, apparently Tom Cruise is, owns a plane. Oh. That he picked up that hobby in the original Top Gun, and now he's actual pilot. So he's a gajillionaire. So he decided that I'm going to add a layer of realism here because I, I refuse to do it any other way. And you can see it on screen. You can tell it is legit with a capital L. Right. Like you are thrust into this and it is so freaking fun. It's spectacular. To watch. You are so invested. He's got his money in this. He's got the military in this. He's got explosions and the sexy cast and the chemistry and the funny and the this and the that. He also, we were just talking about like if he was a Looney Tune or not. He comes on the screen before the movie right. even starts. Before the movie is like a PSA. Thanks, and thanks you for being there and is like, we made this movie for you. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You did make this movie for just me, <laughs> Mary Noel Cervantes. It was made for me. I feel invested already going into this movie with him saying that. Right. At this point, you're feeling the nostalgic factor, but you already sense that this movie has formed its own identity. 
So by the time the action arrives, it's enthralling. Oh my god, it's amazing. Okay. And the action leads to, again, mm-hmm. moments that you feel could be cheesy. Because you tell yourself, okay, Goose died in the original Top Gun. Right. So the son is probably not going to die also, but there's probably going to be a moment where Tom Cruise <laughs> is going to have exactly. to save the son from the father he never could. Right. He's going to have to be the father figure at one point and mm-hmm. tell him to calm down and let go of the past. And I'm, as I say it, some people are rolling their eyes like, Jesus Christ, I've seen movies like this I know, already. I know. Okay. They introduce Val Kilmer, which is... Oh, God. The gods in heaven? <laughs> Thor is pissed about our first podcast. Right. So even they introduced Val, Kilmer Val Kilmer is in the film. And that is super emotional. That was the second time I cried. And he even uses his real illness as the reason why he can't talk and all that. Like the, right. That, so that's Val, crazy to me. I've never seen that done. Right. I've, so Val I've Kilmer, never seen that done. He, got, he had um, throat cancer. Or has throat cancer, whatever. Like, it's such a beautiful way that they pay respect to everything he's right. gone not through just the since character, the movie. Not just the character, but the actor's Him. actual mm-hmm. real life. Well, I think it was super interesting how they brought in this seemingly impossible mission into it, mm-hmm. and. You think the whole movie that Tom Cruise is just teaching these kids, and then you get the double whammy of now he's the lead of this mission. Right. Because he's the only one that could successfully fly it. And you got John Hamm, who's kind of a jackass in the movie, and he's like, we don't necessarily care if people die. And it's, it's one of those situations where he had to buy in to Tom Cruise and he, you know, when Iceman dies, not protecting him anymore. And you have this character arc. The badassness is coming in. Like you had gotten tinges of him being this total badass, but now he actually has to Lead run the mission. The students. And in a serendipitous way, he chooses Rooster to be his second. And you've got Everything you want out of an action sequence as the right the stakes are culminating point of this the the death tip right so the the stakes are high at this point the mission is seemingly impossible like Mary said now Tom Cruise and Rooster are forced to work together Mm -hmm. virtually everything they did in their training from dogfights to Mach ten to flying at a really low altitude, all these things that they struggled with mm-hmm. in, uh, in Top Gun Academy, they now, they now have to pull it off. All the G-forces, crazy stuff like that. Again, you're telling yourself deep down inside, like, they're going to pull this off. Yeah, you're like, they're not going to kill him. Right, this isn't a movie full of twists and turns in the sense that anything really, really unexpected happens. I was telling Mary earlier... We were discussing like spoilers and I was like, there is no spoiler per se because nothing that you think wouldn't happen. You know Tom Cruise movies, he almost never dies. I don't know if he has died in many movies. I don't know either. You know Rooster isn't going to die after his father already died. Mm -hmm. You know it's going to have a happy ending. You 
do get the sense at some point that maybe they pull an Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Endgame where you're like, Tom Cruise is going to die in a honorable, heroic moment. Saving Rooster. Maybe saving Rooster. And then, you know, he will leave his his imprint on the Top Gun franchise forever and it can move on in a different direction. But that doesn't happen either. No. Then insert Mary crying for a third time. (laughs) And you know at this point when he survives, he's going to see Jennifer Connelly again and they're going to hug and kiss and that's probably going to be the last scene. It's it's literally everything you think it's going to be. But so good. Except you don't expect it to hit you the way it does. Oh my God. Well, I think what makes this movie amazing too is they bring in the America factor of it where you're like totally immersed in what the military behind it's, closed doors. Well, not really even behind closed doors. Like it's up in the air, yeah, you know, it, yeah, or below the, the sea or whatever, what they do for us every right. day to keep us safe in the United right. States. So it is Memorial day weekend. Correct. Fittingly. Fittingly. And Tom Cruise in fact, has made a lot of American-centered films. Yeah. Few Good Men, the original Top Gun. Mm -hmm. These movies uh, involve him being a soldier. And it's on Memorial Day weekend, and it has that Americana... I think if anything can bring a country together, it's Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie... It's so freaking good. Right. So you see a movie, you know, we talked about this movie like a couple weeks ago. We talk about a movie like Get Out, Right. right? That nailed... The tone of mm-hmm. current America. Mm-hmm. In some ways right now, divisive, political, right. all that shit. Right. But then you see a movie like Top Gun, Maverick, and you're like, you know what? Maybe that white picket fence, golden retriever by the fireplace, milkman leaving your milk at the front door mm-hmm. kind of America is still possible. Good old USA is still here and this movie waves the flag without telling you to pick a side. It's just about being a hero. And you have a super diverse cast. Right. So you have these heroes representing the United States that are Hispanic, black, a woman. Like really a good representation of our country who are best fighter pilots. If they lined those people up and took a picture of them and were like, these are the best fighter pilots in the in the Navy, I would believe them. Right. Like, it was so awesome to see that. And it was just this, like, beautiful merging of, like, everything you'd want on a Memorial Day and, like, Right, and, God, and oh every, every, every actor, you know, they all participated in actual flight school training. You buy the roles. By the time the movie ends, there was a massive round of applause. Tears were shed. And tears of joy because yeah. there is no real dramatic death no there is no sadness to it it's Mm -hmm. just it's beautiful fist pumping great filmmaking right it makes you i think if i had to put this in three sentences that it'll make you believe in tom cruise again right it'll make you believe in america again yeah and it'll make you believe in movies again because this movie was done very little cgi Mm -hmm. a lot of movies these days are superhero gimmicky 
like Squid Game, like okay, this this is a game where people die, and you know, like which Squid all, Game was great. Well, it was we're great. Not, we're not, we're not shitting on. Squid we're game. saying like it's become like you have to come <laughs> up with the next brilliant concept to be a good Correct. movie. I yes, I agree. And Top Gun's like, man, we're gonna just make a good old fashioned American action movie, and we're not going to reinvent special effects. We're not going to reinvent good old movie. Yes. And my goodness, it's. The best Tom Cruise movie since the 2000s. It's so good. There's no movie, in, in, in my opinion, in the last 20 years that can touch this. You, you know this is his baby. Everyone in this film wasn't even born when Top Gun, the original, come, came out. He's bridging generations. So he's getting our parents in the movie theater again. Yeah, he's my mom getting, said she's going to go see it Monday. He got us in the movie my, theater I don't know again. the last time... Like, I don't know, literally, Tom Cruise, heal me with your witchcraft. (laughs) He's bringing my parents back into the theaters. In fact, there's the industry insiders and entertainment publications are saying that for a long time, adult fanfare has been lost. So before you had adult action movies like (laughs) The Born Identity, you know, movies that were, were smarter. Yeah, my dad loves those movies. Right? But that they were for 25 and up. Everything right now is dominated by superheroes, dominated by sequels mm-hmm. and rehashes. And they say that this movie might be the movie that brings in the older crowds again. Go see it. Or, like, whatever, don't go see it and just be lame as hell. But, like, if, if, you, you, want a total, if you want a total action immersion experience, go friggin' see this in the movie theaters. It's super exciting. Best action movie since Mad Max. Best Tom Cruise movie in 10, 20 years. So good. Probably the best movie we've seen since Avengers Endgame. Or best movie since COVID broke out. I don't think there's been a movie since COVID hit that made you feel like you were in the movie theater again. Again. You couldn't pause it, so you had to hold your pee till the end, so you didn't miss anything. There was no seat in between to establish social distancing or No, whatever. we made Chris sit in the end. He had to sit next to the weirdos. We were like, you sit in that seat next to those weirdos. Okay, so next week we're going to talk about TV. The highs and lows of the last five years. Right. The last five years, um, COVID and what it did to the landscape. It's um, crazy. The amount of streaming channels there are to keep up with now. Binge watching. The velocity some of these seasons come out with where you're not even be able to process. Right. So we'll talk about TV. We've talked about movies the last four uh, weeks. Um, so we're excited about that. Yeah, we, we know, love TV. We know TV is a little bit maybe even more popular right now than movies. It's cr- yeah, it's super popular. Even though our heart still lies in film, mm-hmm. we, um, we love TV. And some of the TV um, product out there is just as good as as movies so we will see you guys next week we love you guys we're so excited i know i say that every episode but you know what damn it i i am freaking excited we are excited (laughs) please go watch this movie yes it is spectacular so good Go tom cruise go usa go cinema i know i mean you will leave this movie on a high guaranteed and if not please stop listening to us because clearly (laughs) we're not on the same track (laughs) but (laughs) just just take a beat. <laughs> Go right. figure yourself out, man. <laughs> like, no harm, no foul. We'll have a great week, you guys. Um, we'll catch you next week. Take care, guys. Bye.